G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. An interesting statistic that has sparked our conversation today about searching for Mr. or Mrs. Wright through online dating sites. Couples that meet online are six times more likely to divorce within the first three years of marriage. Now, that research is from the Marriage Foundation in the UK. It found that online meetings are now the most popular place to meet a husband or wife, accounting for a third of those marrying in the UK in the last two years. The study found that married couples who met online had a 12% risk of divorce during their first three years of marriage. Now that compared to 2% who met via family, friends or neighbours. Now, it suggests that social networks like your friends, your family, even your work colleagues may play a vital role in supporting and advising those who wish to tie the knot. So does it mean that you should avoid meeting online or are there some special precautions you should take? Brett Ryan leads Focus on the Family in Australia and marriage and relationships are at the heart of what they do best. Brett is joining us. Hello, Brett. Welcome along. Thank you so very much. Pleasure being with you. Hey, Brett, this is bread and butter for you and the team there at Focus on the Family in Australia, and there's lots of resources we might get a chance to talk about as we get into our conversation. But has the internet become the main way that single people are connecting these days? Well, it's a very interesting study, and and that's an excellent report, but it's not just in the UK. That's throughout uh, in America and here in Australia. We're seeing a significant increase especially in the younger population, but even older, the over the 55s are starting to turn to dating apps and smartphones to find the next person in their, for their relationship. And uh, it is becoming much more of a norm. Interesting, isn't it? And uh, listeners might have their own perspective to share on this, and they can let us know when we open our talkback lines. But uh, there are some of those findings in that detail out of the Marriage Foundation in the UK, uh, that by 10 years of marriage, those meeting through the workplace have the highest rate of divorce at 24% compared to 20% of those who met online. So it's not just singling out the idea of online dating. Uh, There are some other places that don't work so well either. That's true. In fact, I mean, I have to say, my son met his now wife online during COVID. Um, So we've had a, you know, a coalface to see what it's like. But we know a number of our friends that have uh, met online and are happily married. Um, but it's an interesting data when you, you have to look at it over a, a longer period of time because we can see that relationships in general um, can lead, unfortunately, far too many lead to divorce over a, a, a a longer period of time, and uh, but those first three years, um, where you see, you know, twelve percent of relationships ending in divorce, uh, that's a it's a frightening statistic. 
And the interesting thing to draw attention to here is that uh, online dating is still, uh, you know, if you're talking context, a relatively new thing. So you haven't got this sort of what uh, they talk about a longitudinal study where you can study generations of people who've gone yeah. through these things. So in some sense, it's still relatively new. And so these sorts of statistics become very important because they suggest a bit of a trend, don't they? Oh, very much so. I mean, there was one uh, data that I read. It was about 27% of young adults meet online. Um, there, another data was saying overall, all the ages, 40% of uh, couples can meet online. And, and one uh, particular said 17% of marriages start online. So that's a significant change to our culture of rather meeting in a, in a mutual uh, community that you knew, whether it's a church or sport or the gymnasium, sometimes at work. Uh, through mutual friends, but we're seeing a lot of more people are uh, meeting uh, their potential partner because they've they've extended their pond, so to speak, to fishing. They've extended another area where they might have said, "Well, I can't find anyone in my local area, in my local community, so I'm going to go on to the digital world." And that's where there's a, a bigger pond, and there are some good things about that. And I'm not saying that online dating is not the you know, wrong, but there are some shortfalls. And we've seen, and the data that you shared before is that, you know, if you're introduced by family and friends, the likelihood of divorce uh, is significantly lower than just meeting someone online. Yes, well, uh, that's the safest way it might appear, according to these statistics. Uh, and there's another couple of statistics in there that don't rate too well either, because uh, meeting in a bar or a restaurant uh, is not necessarily all that good either. It's something like 19% uh, those marriages fail. So there are some ways that people think of as traditional, but they've not been all that great either. No, and I mean, that's the reason why we need our family and friends to um, give us input, uh, because they probably know you better than you know yourself. And they may see things or the blind spots that you have or because once the once the heart gets engaged, the brain often disengages. And so we need our family and friends to actually alert us to some of the issues that we may not be seeing because, you know, really once we're in that fog of love, um, we can be distracted and we don't actually hear what other what our mind should be telling us. Let's talk about how you might uh, start with a good, healthy way of navigating the online dating world, Brett, because if it is you know, relatively new, as we all know that it is, and these statistics are starting to come out, then I wonder whether you've got any thoughts about whether people are seeing it as important to actually get a few skills uh, when you're looking to navigate the online dating world. Any thoughts here? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, obviously, uh, if I was going back just on dating in general, you have to realize why, what's your motivation? Is it because you're, uh, you're feeling like you're being, uh, you're not a f- complete person? We need to make sure that your identity, and for those who've got an active faith, to know that our identity is in Christ and we are complete in him. Having another person does not complete us. They complement us, but they do not complete us. So we have to go in with the right motives to actually saying, uh, you know, am I mature enough? Am I someone who is secure in in who I am as a person? And and am I just striving to fill uh, a void in my life with another person? Because if you go in with that type of motive, you might be disappointed because no one person can fulfill all the expectations. We need to know our identity in Christ. 
we need to know who we are. And then another person can actually come alongside us and compliment us and to make us, we can do life together. And so that's the first place I'd start is have a look in the mirror. Are you enough? And are you enough in Christ? I loved your illustration, the way you talk about expanding your pond to fish in, because a lot of people find that the circle of friends, uh, their social network, uh, isn't introducing them to Mr. or Miss Wright uh, in such an easy way. So you do look naturally to expand your pond to fish in, don't you? And this would be the the way that every uh, perhaps young single person might be thinking about how they might be navigating towards Mr. or Miss Wright. Uh, It is something that's important consideration. Oh, very much so. And I mean, obviously, there's a lot of dating apps now. They've, they've increased significantly. And even in uh, Christendom, they're actually a lot more Christian websites, but it can be very superficial. And so you have to be discerning and, uh, and know what you want and what you don't want. Um, know what your, um, you know, your non-negotiables are, because it's a very superficial. If you're looking at just a photo, then that's a very superficial way of uh, assessing somebody but it's what they say. And then it may be the ongoing conversations and you may be able to find some uh, mutual friends along that way that you didn't know each other, but there might be some mutual friends that you might be able to find through social media, using that as a tool. Um, but as I said, it can be very superficial and we don't really get to the depth of someone, but we have to know what we want and what we don't want. And we don't want to waste time because unfortunately people can say certain things online that aren't necessarily the truth. For example, if you're saying, my faith is really, really important to me, the other person says, oh, yeah, my faith is really, really important to me. But what does that mean? What does it really mean? Is their faith genuine? Is it real? Is it authentic? Is it, is it going to be someone that, that it's such a vital in, in component of their life? Or are they just saying that to get the, the win, the prize? And so that's where you have to be more discerning. Superficiality, uh, one of those big challenges of anything you do online. And uh, how do you believe the profile uh, that you're seeing uh, when there is a potential match online? And, uh, of course, what what I'd really love to just break open here uh, for your comment, Brett, is the idea of your local church. Because uh, for a lot of Christian people, a local church and the activities of a local church have been traditionally the way you might meet Mr. or Miss Wright and where the values are aligned and where families know one another and uh, those sorts of things have uh, held those Christian relationships uh, very good uh, for uh, not only generations but perhaps centuries, even millennia. Uh, Any thoughts here about the church and uh, whether some people are thinking that the church is not such a great place to meet uh, Mr. or Miss Wright but it may be the best place? Yeah, well, that's true. And I think that would be the ideal, that you find people with your, with, who are doing life together, that you're enjoying uh, doing activities together. Say that's in the youth group or in a young adults group and you're, and you're doing life and you can see them interacting with others. That gives you a clearer picture of what type of person they are. Are they serv- serving in the local church? How do they treat um, one another? These are things that you can observe from afar and actually find out, is this someone that I could do life with? Is this someone I can actually be compatible with? Um, whereas if you're doing it in that superficial aspect, then you're only going for what they say. And that's the reason why time is your great leveler. 
time. You don't want to rush into these things. You don't want to force it and just go with uh, what they say online. You want to be able to see them. And we talk about, you know, seeing someone in the four seasons. That doesn't mean four seasons, 12 months. It actually means four seasons, the highs, the lows, how do they cope under the stress? How do they cope when things are going well? How do they cope when things aren't going well? And your friends and family can see those things. And uh, and if I had my way, you know, and this is not my way, but I, I would encourage people to have pre-engagement counselling to actually find out if you really are suited for one another before you get engaged. And, uh, and, and, I, and I think that would save a lot of heartache because where I sit in here at Folks on the Family, we've unfortunately hear so many heartbreaking stories of people who may have given red flags. You know, they might have been told by family and friends or even their premarital counsellor, hey, you shouldn't get uh, married or, or are you, have you seen this in them? And they say, oh, no, we're in love. We can see those strings. We're, gonna, we're just love is always is going to get us through. Well, it needs a lot more than love. And we would rather um, see people go in with their eyes wide open before they get married. Because unfortunately, when you get married, you have to have your eyes sort of closed because those little things that you thought were cute <laughs> and you liked them earlier might become so cute. And that's the reason why I need our family and friends and in our church community to be able to help us see those things. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Wonderful to have you with us. Our talkback line is open. 1-800-316-316. Brett Ryan from Focus on the Family is our guest. We are talking online dating and uh, some disturbing statistics out of the UK, likely to hold similar sorts of results here in Australia. You might have your own wisdom to offer. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. In fact, why don't we take a call, Brett? Let's hear from Adam in Warhope in New South Wales. Hi, Adam. Welcome along. Uh, good morning, Ellen Brett. Um, yes, I, I met my now wife four years ago next month on, on the internet, which was a great thing. Um, I'd met the other way the first time around, which didn't work. I was married for 14 years. I met at a, at a church coffee night and um, with a lot of friends and all that sort of stuff that had known my first wife, and that all was a, a big disaster because a lot of things were held back. Um, I found it uh, quite refreshing uh, you know, on the internet because I got to ask a lot of the questions straight up that you wouldn't normally ask when you're probably brave you know, from across the the uh, the dating table yeah. <laughs> or the you know the restaurant or wherever you are, you may not be quite so brave to ask some of the most important questions you need to ask. So uh, I found it really refreshing yeah. to have just rip straight into it and um, and then and then take it from there. Adam, if you don't mind me asking, uh, before we get a thought or two from Brett, um, how long was your uh, dating arrangement before you decided to meet and uh, and eventually tie the knot? Yeah, well, it was only a, a, only a week. Um, Viv was in Brisbane, and I'm in the north coast of New South Wales, so, you know, 400 and 500 kilometres away from each other. Um, but we spent a lot of time that first week just uh, video calling, so got off the, the dating platform fairly quickly because there's a lot of scammers. There's a lot of... Um, intro- it's not pleasant on the dating scene. You've really got to have people around you uh, and accountability and, and really helping you stay on, on, on track because it, it, there's a lot to pull you off. So we, we met... Uh, a week after um, she came down to meet me at my place, and um, and then we sort of took it from there. So, but we made sure we knew 
you know, had a lot of conversations all through that week beforehand, before we first met, um, because that was important. And, uh, you know, we got married two years ago and I've got my one-year-old baby in my arms as we're speaking now. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> hey, great to start off with a good story here, uh, not a heartbreak story. This is a good story. Brett Ryan, your thoughts for Adam in Warhope? I am. I have to say, first off, I am very sorry that your first marriage didn't end in what you anticipated or what you expected, and I am very sorry that that happened. But at least you do a lot of learning in that time as well. What you want, what you need, um, and if you could have Adam, you know, 12 years earlier, you may have approached things differently and may have been a different outcome. I don't know. But you certainly do a lot of learning in that time. And, and then, you, as you said, you sort of, um, online, you started talking to her and asking those questions asked earlier on, uh, a 12-year junior version of yourself. And so I think that's, that's the reason, going back to that what I mentioned earlier, about really knowing what you want. Uh, Brett, Brett, just let me just uh, interrupt for a moment. Uh, breaking up a little bit there, I'm not sure whether you're moving around, but uh, if you just... Uh uh, just uh, stand still with your phone. I'm not sure whether that'll be the issue, but uh, just breaking up a little bit. Uh, just continue. Oh, sorry about that. Is that better now? Uh, that's that does seem better. Yes. Yeah. Um. Just to, as I was saying, that it, to go through knowing what those non-negotiables are, and I encourage people, you know, write a list. You know, your top ten things. What are the things that are really important to you? Faith. What does that look like? How are you going to manage your finances? How? What's your family of origin look like? What are your backgrounds? Uh, what, are your, what are the things of interest that you can work together? And those things, and I think Adam and his now new bride, you know, did those things. And, and communicating, 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 it's the key to a successful relationship. And it sounds like they were doing that online in distance and not just doing it face-to-face and having those frank conversations. I think it was really setting them up for success. And I'm really happy for you, Adam. Adam, just the thought of uh, having the opportunity to talk because you're not face to face, because there are all sorts of physical issues that are you know involved in being in face to face meetings, you are forced to talk. So all of those things come out. Did you find that, Adam? Oh, definitely. And you see, there's a lot of other distractions that can come into it when you're actually meeting face to face. So it's really. It's actually really great to do all that. I used to be a real estate agent and a car dealer, so I found the online thing just like it is, you know, buying a new car or buying a new house. You can actually vet through a lot and sort of cut straight to the chase through people as well as actually when you meet that person, you can actually cut to the chase pretty quickly and see if you're actually, you know, because as a Christian, we should be looking for a... Husband or a wife, and that's that's solely what we should be on the internet looking for. Um, so that's where you've got to really cut to it. And um, I found it so much easier. And we still communicate when we have difficulties. My wife's Vietnamese, and I'm uh, you know, English speaking. So when we do have difficulties, we still do talk online like we used to do, not through big issues, um, because sometimes face to face it's not so easy. Well, so it's actually set up a good platform <laughs> for that as well. Adam, just great getting your insight. Thank you so much for calling in. And uh, thank you for uh, for being part of a good conversation today and offering your wisdom too. Adam from Warhope, thanks for your call. 1-800-316-316 uh, to be part of our conversation. Uh, just quickly before we move on to another call, the thought here uh, that comes to mind, Brett, uh, that Adam raises... The thought that you can be objective and that you can get all of those sort of hard questions out without the sort of emotional 
uh, stuff that goes on because you are just talking online. Is there something, do you think, there ought to be, you know, a, a, a sort of a, a protocol and the, the sorts of things young young people or any people need to be asking before they actually meet? Any thoughts here? Yeah, that's a really good point. It's, it's hard to not give a uh, distinct answer because, you know, we can talk about, you can still be superficial online as well. I mean, let's face it, you can still do those things, whether it's face-to-face or online. Some people find it quite intimidating, but because they didn't have that connection, they weren't, they didn't have the pressures um, of family and friends saying, oh, you'd be a good match. And you're right. They lost that. That wasn't a factor. They really wanted to go in and find the answers because sometimes it can be overwhelming, especially if people are forcing you into, uh, you know, or encouraging you and you don't want to disappoint them and it adds an extra dimension. So sometimes having that distance, you know, emotionally, relationally, uh, even physically can really uh, allow for you just to really find out the the real person without that pressure okay taking calls on 1-800-316-316 let's take a call shelby is on the line hi shelby welcome hello neil hello brett um mate um yeah look um i'm in my 70s but um i'm still single um and have been for some time um i got serious at one stage but um uh, I feel for, you know, young people especially, because uh, I go to the youth uh, service of a Sunday night as well as my main service in the morning. But um, the thing is, I feel for young, uh, I'm around a few young people, um, and it's nice to see, um, you know, people getting to know each other and that through the group. But um, I, I think that for young people, if they can sit down calmly and quietly, you know, cups of coffees or, you know, um, restaurant or what have you, and have, uh, in a sense, deep and meaningful <laughs> conversations about their life plans individually um, and their goals, their dreams, their desires, the like. Um, and, of course, for us Christians, there is there is a couple of good Christians that I know of um, organisations, uh, you know, um, for, for dating, um, which I think that's the only way to go for a Christian. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it's just... Um, I, I think people, you know, um, I, I sometimes hear some very quick uh, relationships and marriage, um, and um, some are quite lengthy. Um, either way, I just think that they need to really get to know each other um, and where each other are coming from in that sense. Shelby, good thought there. Uh, a response from Brett for Shelby. Yeah. Thanks, Shelby, for sharing. And I couldn't agree with you more about those deep and meaningfuls. Sometimes we can stay very superficial. We don't actually go very deep. We, we can just talk about, you know, the weather and, you know, this is what I'm going to do today. And it, and it doesn't go down to those deep and meaningful levels where I can find out what makes you tick, what, what drives you, what you are passionate about. How and, and my role as a husband now is to see my wife being encouraged to fulfill her God-given gifts and her talents and to encourage her in all that God has predestined. That is part of the conversations you need to have, those deep and meaningful. What do you feel that God has for you? And to be able to share that, and then the spouse will say, look, or or your future potential spouse could actually say, you know what, I I see you in that. I could encourage you in that. And you'll know whether it's real or genuine or just doing a lip service. And that's the reason why you need to take your time. You you shouldn't rush into those things because unfortunately too many people rush into it thinking, oh, we'll work it all out. It'll, It'll all be smooth where unfortunately they haven't had those deep and meaningful, as Shelby was sharing, 
to, to make sure that when they do get into marriage, it is going to have their, their expectations being right-sized and it's going to be met. Well, why don't we take another call as we continue our conversation, Brett? Let's hear from Robin in Adelaide in South Australia. Hi, Robin. Welcome. Hello. How are you? Very well, Robin. Thanks for waiting patiently. What are your thoughts? Oh, that's fine. My thoughts were online dating wasn't around when I got married. Um, I, I All I'm trying to stress is listen to God in, in all the relationships because... I was only 21 when I got married, and um, my husband was too, and God gave me a very specific dream before we were to be married that I was marrying the wrong person, and I was a new Christian, he was a non-Christian, but um, due to some circumstances, I went ahead with the marriage, and we were married 39 years, um, and he passed away nine years ago. Um, but in that time, my friend said to me, you need to spend a lot of time on your knees. And believe me, I started to. We moved to another state and God got a hold of my life like never before. And I spent time in prayer. He didn't get saved until near death. But Robin. I'm trying to say, spend time with the Lord and don't marry if you feel anything don't don't go ahead with it because it can be the most painful journey because you've got to spend your life with that person everyone expects don't we that when we tie the knot it's going to be uh, happily ever after and uh, for many it turns to tragedy and uh, robin thank you so much for calling in to share your story and uh, it's in one sense here it's a good story brett ryan your thoughts for robin in adelaide Yeah, thanks, Robin, for sharing. I mean, that would have been a very long journey because especially if if your faith is such an important aspect of your life and you marry someone who doesn't have that, then you can't share those things with them. You can't, you know, be able to bounce off and reflect and say, oh, God's been telling me this, or this is what I read in in a devotion. This is what I experienced at church. And if they don't have that same feeling, there is a disconnect. It doesn't mean it can't work. And obviously, 39 years later, you know, your faithfulness actually brought him to, you know, your kindness um, was able to be exemplified and he came to faith but that's still a long journey and that's not the ideal and i mean i hear people saying that you know like um uh, you know it won't happen to us we're we're going to get our get through that's the reason why you you are so right robin that needing god's wisdom and insight and that check in your spirit if there is that little discernment that actually says maybe it's not the right time maybe not this person then heed that advice and if you can't have it yourself maybe having to listen to other godly mature people who can speak into your life and speak the truth in love Robin, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. To join in our conversation today, you might have a question or a comment. You might have your own story to tell, your own wisdom to offer for a conversation like this when it is disturbing to hear statistics of the number of marriages that will end in divorce that being so much greater than those that meet uh, in some more traditional ways. Let's continue to take some calls. Becky is on the line in New South Wales. Hi, Becky. Welcome. Hi, Neil. Hi, um, Brett. Um, Yeah, I'm actually um, talking to a a guy that 
um, is a Christian dating site. I've been um, we've been talking for about six months or so on the site, and then we've we've actually now exchanged phone numbers. And with me doing that, he's actually talking to me more now. And the Christian site is actually monitored, which is good. And they check up on whether what you say is correct. Well, uh, Becky, uh, let's get a thought or two from Brett. Brett, what are your thoughts for Becky? And uh, six well, months thank in, thank you for uh, sharing. Yep, um, I'm not too sure about the how the site works. I'm not familiar with that, um, but I can guarantee that you know you've you're taking your time, which is a good thing. You don't want to rush into it, and a conversation, um, you know, ongoing over the telephone rather than just doing it with your fingers and typing um, is going to give you a, a greater chance of hearing their, their, the real person more than, say, a fingers, you know, just typing words could be. But I'd still encourage you that because you can say the right things and know the right lingo, but it's the heart that you need to discern. And that's where you're going to really, as we just heard from Robin, seek God's wisdom. Seek him first yeah, but- and ask for that discernment. Yeah, you know, that's that's what I'm doing. Um, because I don't have transport and he does, I have actually asked twice about him coming to where where I the town that I live in to see me and he has said the second time that his mother doesn't like the town. Hmm. And so I gave him a suggestion on that one and I haven't heard back about that one yet. Because okay. he's his mother's carer. All right. Okay. And uh, that's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, his mother is a little bit uh, uh, offering advice on the side, and that may actually be a good thing. Uh, And just a quick thought or two here, Brett, because uh, his family is concerned about relationship here as well and uh what yeah. towns and uh i mean it's a f- unfamiliar territory we've said that and even for our when our son f- met his now bride online w- you know we might have been really against it because we weren't familiar with it but then we had to realize that he really did know what his non-negotiables were he did allow us to have some input and you know and it started that way in this scenario for you uh becky is that you know I- i'm intrigued that his mother is saying she doesn't like that town. That's not really relevant to the the conversation, I don't think. So I'm I'm intrigued to see how that unfolds. Um, and maybe you know he's he is now an adult. He's probably needs to make his own decisions and not be you know so dictated by his uh, his mother. But at the same time, he's still honouring his mother, and that's something that's really worth to note. Um, but I you know, just take your time and and. Just don't force it. It will either happen or it doesn't happen. Becky, God's richest blessing on you and uh, your online dating and the possibilities that can come from that. And, uh, you know, continue to be prayerful about how that all works and expect to hear from God. Uh, Becky in New South Wales, thank you for your call. 1-800-316-316. You might have your own contribution to our conversation today. 1-800-316-316. In fact, Brett, you say to people, if you are contemplating uh, dating sites and looking for Mr. or Miss Wright, uh, that you ought to have some conversations with yourself. How does that look? Well, I think you need to know, as I think I said in my earlier remarks, really didn't need to know what your motivation is and to find out who you really are and what you are, um, what you 
believe yourself are, what are your value systems, what are your belief systems, and actually write down what are your non-negotiables, and these is, and then you'll have a preferred list of what they might look like. But that's very superficial. If it's all about what their looks like and, you know, the color of their hair, the color of their eyes, they're all very superficial. You want a person of godly character, someone who is in uh, a person of integrity, mean what they say and say what they mean, that their faith is genuine. Um, if they are real and authentic, that will come easily come through. And if you do know some people, and that's the reason why we t- spoke about earlier, about your church community, seeing them from afar um, and watching them relate to other people and finding out if they are the real deal. And and that's what I would encourage people, even even uh, Becky, you're saying that, you know, go into their environment, if and when that's appropriate, to see how they interact with other people and not just do it on face value, just one-on-one, but actually see them in a group setting, how they treat one another, how they treat their Parents, um, all of these things are factors when you're having those conversations to yourself and to find out how how they deal with conflict, how they deal with communication. How do you deal with communication? How do you deal with conflict? How do you manage your finances? And though all those things that you can actually say, hey, I am confident in who I am. Another person can make things smooth or they can be complicated and Let's face it, well, you said it before, Neil, is, you know, it takes work. It takes effort to make a relationship work. And it takes two healthy individuals to make a healthy relationship. And so you need to be healthy yourself, mentally, spiritually, psychologically, physically, as best you can, and then the other person as well. And you're both working together with a common goal to honor God in your marriage and to honor God in your and how to support one another as a potential husband and wife. When you are a Christian, Brett, uh, you are uh, with a different and whole new extra dimension to your life uh, because then you are prayerful about how that relationship might evolve. Prayerful before God, prayerful that he's the one who's going to be setting up uh, that relationship with Mr. or Miss Wright. Uh, When you are prayerful and uh, part of this sort of conversation with yourself, because you could secularize that and sort of say, oh, it's a bit of self-talk and just what do you want? But for the Christian believer, they're looking for certain qualities in a lifelong partner who might become their spouse. Uh, What are your thoughts about those qualities and how you look at those things as a Christian? Yeah, I mean, we can actually, you know, we've got two little, uh, we've got three voices. It can be the God, it can be the enemy, or it can be ourselves. And that can be very confusing. And we really need to discern between the, the three. And we also, if we aren't that discerning and we can start getting overthinking things and we, we can actually think what we prefer, you know, what our preference is. And I, there's so many times I've heard of people saying, oh, God told me and, you know, this is such and such, and uh, and I I know a woman who had um, in a in a three week period or, or four week period she had about three men approach her who said to her God told me you'll be my future spouse, mm-hmm. and she's laughed at them. She goes, well, like, don't you think God would tell me as well? And um, so we can actually use the the rhetoric or the, the the language to say that God told me. So that's the reason why we need other people to help us in that journey, to intercede on our behalf, to actually get that 
right godly wisdom to make sure that we are not being blinded or got the fog of love. And when our heart, as I said, when our heart gets engaged, our brain disengages, and we need that godly discernment and that check in the spirit. And we've just been doing some pre-engagement counseling with a couple, and we kept on saying to them, if you've got some red flags, you know, heed them. And they said, oh, no, we were all good. We're all good. And, And after we probed that question, and we actually... We actually probed them a little bit more than I thought because I had a check in my spirit, but I couldn't find out what it was. And uh, and we asked for God to reveal the situation. And then in over about four or five weeks into their counseling, God showed up and got that discernment and it revealed that there were some things that needed to be dealt with. And they actually, you know, took the... The wise and the courageous and the brave decision to break up. And um, it, it was for now. It may not be forever, but for now. And they feel really at peace. It was still heartbreaking, but then they really asked God for that discernment. And it didn't end the way they had thought, but God intervened. And it actually would save them a lot of heartbreak later on. It's sort of short per- short-term pain now for long-term gain later on. It may be painful to go through that, uh, as you say, the long-term gain. Hey, there's a concept that so many listening to our conversation today will perhaps have never heard before, which you mentioned a little earlier, and I wonder if we can come back to it. The thought that you might have what most people think of as uh, pre-marriage counselling, you take that a step deeper, Brett, and talk about pre-engagement counselling and uh, there might even be that two sets of counselling uh, some will say you know isn't that sounding like a bit of overkill but the value <laughs> the value is going to be there isn't it oh very much so I'm, and it may not be practical I, I have to say that it's not always practical but I can talk about my own story that my wife and I Kate and I before we were engaged we went to a relationship enrichment weekend and to find out whether we were compatible whether we were right for each other. And that actually was a great opportunity for us to have those tough questions in a a forum that allowed us to be frank and honest and open and allowed a third party to speak into our lives without any of that bias. And um, unfortunately, we talk about uh, pre-marriage counselling, but what happens is a couple gets engaged and then they organize the the photographer, they organize a reception, they organize where they're going to live, they organize their honeymoon, they organize all these things for the wedding. And then as it gets closer to the time, once the momentum has started getting really well and truly um, developed, and, uh, and then they go, oh, we should do that pre-marriage counseling. And sometimes the momentum is so, so far gone that those checks in the spirit are saying, oh, I may not, I, well, I can't, I can't stop it now. I can't stop it now. But we said to our all of our three boys, even on the day before they got married, if you've got any concerns, we will support you. If you just want to delay this wedding, even though everything's organized, it might be inconvenient, it might be expensive, we understand that. But we were saying, if you have any discernment or if you've got any checks in your spirit, we'll support you. And, um, and I've spoken to another friend of mine whose daughter... Um, she was sort of waiting for somebody to speak into her life. She had a check in her spirit. She didn't heed it. She was waiting for somebody else to say it for her. She went ahead with the wedding, and unfortunately, it didn't go well, and it was a disaster. And she was heartbroken, obviously. And she said if only someone had come and spoke the truth in love to her, she wouldn't have gone through with it. And that's the reason why I would encourage, you know, 
to heed godly wisdom from other people, and it may be your parents, it may be your grandparents, it may be other people that mentors that speak the that truth into you, that you will listen to them. It, it may not be actually 100% accurate, but at least heed their advice and say, maybe I should look a little bit deeper. Come back to the local church for a moment here, Brett. Some people often find it so hard to find Mr. or Miss Wright in their local church. Is If, you, if that's difficult for you, uh, is a dating app or uh, some sort of dating site uh, the next step, or should there be some interim steps? Any thoughts here? Because, you know, there, maybe there's lots of churches in your town. That's a good point. I mean, obviously, um, we talked about in our opening remarks about a bigger pond. And if you're in your pond, in your little church community, and there are no appropriate suitors, maybe you've just grown up with them and it's, just, you know, you're just like brothers and sisters, you're, you're friends and that's all it's going to be. And that's fine. We need to have friends in, in all areas of our life. But it might be that, you know, instead of going straight from, I haven't got anyone in my pond, then I'm going to go to digital mark, you know, the digital space. Maybe you can go and find other churches in your area. And I know there's been some, you know, they have those Christian single nights and what have you, and it, and it can feel a bit like a, a you know, a meat you know, you're just fresh meat and uh, and it can be very uncomfortable. But maybe visiting another church service from time to time and you might just be not going there with the wrong moat. Don't go in with it, just go into the room and sweep this the, the room and say, is there a person here? You know, beep, 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 that type of thing. That doesn't, you, you don't go in there. You go in there and you might find that there might be other people that mutual friends connect with and, uh, and then that may be in the next step. If... You don't find that in that in your community, wherever it might be, then digital digital online dating might be the next step for you. Taking calls. In fact, let's take just one more. Uh, Sterling is in Ararat in Victoria. Hi, Sterling. Welcome. Hi, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Look, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, I was married uh, for seven, nearly eight years, but we weren't saved at the time, so it didn't work out. But I think in terms of um, since being saved, in terms of, you know, looking for a spouse, I, I think it's, it's, it's wise for anyone looking for a spouse, male or female, first draw near to the Lord, get real close to the Lord and take advantage of things offered at church, different groups, you know, men's group, women's group, prayer groups, home groups, get really established in a church, in a good church, so that when these relationships do come along, you're firmly established in the Lord first. And I think that's important. It's like a wheel. There are many spokes, and a marriage is just one of those spokes. The wheel isn't complete without that last spoke, but... It, it can still function, and the hub of that wheel should be the Lord at all times. So when the challenges of marriage do come, and come they do, you know, you've got those networks. You've got the Lord at the centre, and you've got those Christian networks around you for support. Good stuff, Sterling. A thought from Brett? Absolutely, Sterling, and that is so true. I mean, it, uh, Many people would refer to this verse in Ecclesiastes where it says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And if God is the center of that and we draw closer to God, and we, we've said this on time and time again on in different interviews, you know, as our 
vertical relationship grows, then it helps us grow horizontally. And if I fall more in love with Jesus, it enables me to fall more in love with my spouse. And I couldn't agree with you more, Sterling. And and I am sorry that your relationship didn't last, uh, but I do know people who aren't Christians and they can still have a lasting, loving relationship. But I tell you what, when you have both got a heart for God and a hunger for Him and and have a desire to honor him in every aspect of your life, it actually draws you closer together. Because marriage really is a front row seat to where we see our faults and flaws and and to love unconditionally just as Christ loves us. He loves un- us unconditionally. And we need to learn from that example where it says in Ephesians where it talks about, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Christ was willing to sacrifice his life and how that bar is so lifted so high that we need to do that the same thing. How can we love our spouses and love them and sacrifice all of our wants, our desires to see them succeed? And that will see your relationship not just survive, but to thrive. Sterling in Ararat, thank you so much for your call and we won't be able to take any more calls but Brett, we mentioned a little earlier there'll be some resources available from Focus on the Family and easily accessible at families.org.au when people are looking for something along this uh, uh, this this line, uh, the digital space uh, what sort of things are available for people to arm themselves and prepare themselves uh, if they are engaging in the online world and the dating world World. Yeah, we've got actually got a number of articles in this in, in that space of, you know, article sort of like dating in the digital world. Um, that might be really good for parents to be more familiar with this area. Um, then there can be a, a, like a, an article that says seven essential conversations to have with your future spouse. So that's talking about you personally. And if you're a, a future father-in-law or mother-in-law, maybe there is a, a there's an article that says 12 questions um, you should ask your future son-in-law. And I mean, that can apply to a daughter-in-law as well to make sure that you're allowing them the opportunity to share those things. And we've also got a, on our FamilyCast website, um, and you can still go to our our website at families.org.au, there's a thing called Ready to Wed, and that will be great marriage preparation. And for those who are married, it's always a great opportunity to invest in your relationship. We're just about to do an online marriage course um, and it's called The Real Life, Real Love and you can go to our website and sign up. We're starting that next week. Okay, starts next week. Real Life, Real Love and lots of articles and those resources available at Focus on the Family. Here's the Focus on the Family website to check out those resources right now. Families.org.au. That's families.org.au. Brett Ryan leads Focus on the Family here in Australia. Brett, uh, always overflowing with tremendous wisdom. Thank you so much for sharing these things with our listeners today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.